Thank you, choir. You made it up. You made it back. See, we can do this. And it's great to have the front rows full. So you either want to hear or you have to hear. And if you're in the back, you either can hear or didn't want to hear anyway. And so you're not going anywhere. We're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses chapter 4 verses 13 through chapter 5 verse 1. And what I see Paul helping people wrestle with is an inner life and an outer life. And what I see the call of our faith to be is making the two match in a way that is authentic, that in, in a way that reflects integrity, that helps us be who God calls us to be and doesn't allow us to pretend to be something that we're not. We consider some of those things and we listen for some of that as we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. But just as we have the same spirit of faith, that is, in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what we can see is temporary, but what we cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My family has a story that I did not ask permission to tell, but I will ask forgiveness for if need be. The story goes like this. It was the mid-80s. My youngest brother was about three years old. And we were having dinner at Chili's. Chili's in Texas was the place where you went for dinner. I would try to make an equivalent, but there's not really an equivalent around here. But we were at Chili's, and I believe my mom probably ordered some nachos with the jalapeno peppers on the side. And my youngest brother was three years old. And he loved to eat pickles. And he thought the chili peppers were pickles, and so he reached. And some members of the family who were there that day will claim that they tried to stop my mom from allowing this to happen, but she said it was okay for him to go ahead and have a pickle. And so he puts the jalapeno in his mouth, and immediately it takes hold of him. He breaks down in tears and cries and sobs because it's burned his mouth and he finally 
when he could gather himself enough, declares through a tear-soaked three-and-a-half-year-old voice, Bad Mama. (laughs) Yes. If you say Bad Mama in my family, that is what you are referencing. And the point of that story... Well, I, I need to say first, I have a great mom which is why we can joke about the story. This momentary lapse of judgment that she had does not define the way that she parented. So she had a funny thing happen. And now, 35 years later, it is still funny. But what this story illustrates is a need for continuity. You need to taste what it is you think you are going to taste. Otherwise, you are quite surprised. It's not so good sometimes to reflect one thing on the outside and experience another one on the inside. It might not be helpful for us to embody life in such a way that we do not reflect outwardly that which is going on on the inside. To do so is, in a way, to live a lie. It's deceitful, and it's not what the spiritual life is all about. Faith and being faithful and embodying faith the way Jesus calls us to is not just about doing the right things on the outside. It's not about acting the right way. And it's not about making sure we have an outer life that everyone is impressed with. Faith The way that Jesus wants us to live it is about cultivating an inner life. And that's more concerned with who we are than what we do. And how we do it. And if we're properly accounting for who we are as God's children on the inside, then there will be no need for us to be deceitful or lie or reflect something different on the outside. I believe that God calls us to an inner life that is faithful and honestly reflected in our outer life. And when that happens, it reflects the joy and the hope and the future that comes from experiencing God on the inside. I think that's what Paul, in a way, is getting at here in chapter 4, verses 13 and on. He opens up by saying, just as we've seen, so we have spoke. That which we believe, that which we have seen, that which we have internalized, at one point or another, is going to come out. That which we are cultivating on the inside will come out on the outside. And this is a constant struggle. We don't always get to do on the outside what it is we're thinking on the inside. But more so, we don't always reflect on the outside that which is truly going on on the inside. Paul later addresses the reality that they are facing in Corinth that the outer bodies are withering away, but the inner body, the inner self, is called to be deeply connected to God. Our outer bodies will waste away no matter what we do. Some of us will lose our hair and if we don't lose it, it will turn gray. Body parts will not be as strong and vibrant as they once were. Our walk will be slower. 
our appetite will be less. None of us is getting out of here alive. The good news is that, well, we're not defined just by our outer life then, are we? Our inner life and sustaining an inner life helps bring meaning to both inner and outer life. And when we choose to understand and live this way, we see that we're spiritual beings. We see that we're called to be connected to God meaningfully. And when we do that in the right way, the outer life, no matter how it might be withering or shaped in ways we don't want it to be anymore, still is able to exhibit joy and grace and purpose and forgiveness and love. This comes when we are living honestly and generously, speaking about the God that we have seen with our inner selves. It comes out as, as edifying because of what's going on on the inside. And it allows us to consistently be who it is God calls us to be. And this is the goal. This is the hope. But when I consider life in our times, in these times, I actually think we have a little bit of a different problem. I think we too often display something that covers up the reality that maybe we don't have an inner life. We're actually jalapenos, but we are pretending to be pickles. So everybody will think that we are that. And our inner lives then do not match the outer life we display. We're pretending not to be as empty on the inside as we really are. The thing that makes me think about this is the, the prevalence of social media. Most of us, most of the people in this room are engaged in social media in some way or another, or at least know enough about social media to know I'm not doing that. But if you scroll through someone's feed, what you will see is everyone has just posted their best picture. Everyone else is doing something amazing today. They're not sharing their real life. They're sharing their vacation. There's few actual realities in my life that look like what everybody else's life looks like on Facebook. I would do better to just take a picture of my boring old breakfast. Because at least that's real. But most of the time I'm flipping through my phone, looking at an Instagram feed, just wishing my boys would go to sleep. Or I'm taking a break from work and working on a sermon, and I see that someone else is doing something really exciting. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make ends meet, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get from Rome to Greece. To look at social media, to consider the way we have to present ourselves these days, is to deceive ourselves into thinking that everything is fine, that every day is supposed to be a party, and that every party is supposed to be as good as your honeymoon. But we deceive ourselves when we present that outer life, because it doesn't reflect what's really happening to us on the inside. 
We deceive ourselves when we believe that others' outer life is as good as they present it to be. And we deceive one another by sharing something that is different from what is really going on if we take these things too seriously. We may be withering away on the inside, but we try not to show it by reflecting an outer life that is so good no one can see how we really feel. And this does not help us. This does not help us not. This does not help us to be full. It leaves us empty. It leaves us disappointed. And eventually, it will leave us reflective of something other than God's presence in us. Because we put up a mask or a veneer that didn't let God in at all. Because we were pretending to be someone else. Something else. And we didn't, we didn't realize who it was we were supposed to be. There is a remedy to this, of course. It's to get back to the basics of faith. And maybe the example of service is one of the best ways to do it. I think one of the best ways to get to a place where our outer life matches our inner life is to find the things that strip away the inconsistencies. Like I said last week, running one marathon doesn't make you a marathoner. Coming to worship every once in a while is very good, but doesn't necessarily make you a worshiper. Reading your Bible on Christmas and Easter is a very good thing to do, but it leaves out a lot of stories. And bringing a few cans for the food drive is important, but doesn't mean you've practiced community service. To cultivate an inner life that is meaningful and expressed in our outer selves in ways that matches our inner selves takes cultivating real faith. It takes immersing ourselves in the practices of faith. And I think that that's part of what we celebrate by highlighting a mission team today. You see, two weeks from today, they'll be here in the pulpit on the chancel telling you about the experience they had in Jacksonville. They'll talk... I hope, about getting away from it all and focusing on service to someone else. And they'll talk about how serving someone else allowed them to strip away the walls they normally put up. It allowed them to take off the false masks they used to cover up their vulnerabilities and their fears. And they'll talk about how they see their true importance and power as God's children as alive and well while they are serving others and allowing the inner need of their spiritual life to have a higher priority than they would otherwise have put it on when they're stuck in the busyness of a regular teenager's life. And all of us will celebrate this. We will give thanks for what they got to see. We will support them in this important realization But we need to go one step further and ask ourselves, is that their job alone? Are they the only ones who need time away to strip away the false face and the the fake veneer that they put up as an outer life 
that prevents them from getting in touch with who they truly need to be. That prevents them to giving priority to their relationship with God. They're not the only ones that need to do that. All of us need to do it. From the the most backslid Christian here, whoever we may be, to the most holy one among us, whoever we may be. It's our job too. We must, as individuals and as a congregation, continually work to strip away the mask that we hide our inner life behind. So that we can get in touch with the inner life we actually have and go to work on it as we really need to. Because if we don't, at some point, our dying outer beings will take hold of who we are. And we will lose the chance to get in, get in touch with the God who loves us, who calls us, who reaches for us, and who longs for us to change the world. This is what we are called to, and this is what we can do, but we cannot do it if we don't quit pretending everything is fine. It takes work, and it's work we all must do. When you go from this place, you hopefully will remember the story of the jalapeno and the pickle. They kind of look the same to a three-year-old, but we know they're not. As we consider what Paul wrestles with in Corinthians, as we consider what Christians have wrestled with for all time, we see our need for an inner life, and we see our, the realization that our inner, inner life will not It cannot help but be expressed in an outer life. We can't put up a false front in our relationship with God. What happens on the inside will come out. And who we are in here will inevitably be expressed out there. So we need to engage in spiritual practices that make a difference. We need to worship regularly. Engage in Scripture. Work in service to advance the kingdom and become the kind of person on the inside that connects us to God so that when it comes out on the outside, that which we speak will be reflective of that which we have seen and know. We all have an inner life and we all have an outer life. The key to the Christian life is not having to tend to both. Connect your inner self and your inner soul to the Lord and the outer self will take care of itself. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for this day and for this message and for this call that you've placed upon us and for this gift that you have given us that if we tend to our life with you, the rest will take care of itself. And so, Lord, in this week... Renew us in our practices. Renew us through our practices. Through our thoughtfulness and our prayer. Through our scripture and study. Through the sacrifices we make for one another and for your kingdom and for the church. And the service we engage in. Lord, help us to take one step closer this week, cultivating a life with you than we had last week. And meet us where we are so that we can walk with you to where you call us to be.
Loving God, thank you for hearing our prayers and receiving them unto yourselves. That is why we ask them in your name and with great faith. Amen.